Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Satan loves to keep Christ followers inconsistent in reading their Bibles and believing the word. Well, that doesn't apply to me. That must be somebody else. Those things, God would never, he hasn't done those things in my life. That's not going to happen. So understand, Satan is the one who hates the word of God because Satan hates faith in God. He knows what's going to happen if people have growing faith. It's common knowledge that if you want to be able to compete athletically at a high level, that you must provide your body with the proper fuel in the correct amounts. If you don't do that, you'll fall short of your goal. Pastor Mark will be teaching that it's the same for the Christ follower. Christians need to ingest God's Word to make their spirit stronger and more able to resist the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Pastor Mark will help you see the importance of reading Scripture regularly, and you'll learn how to live a life that's always getting closer to God and benefiting others. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he continues his message, Growing Faith in God's Plan for Every Christ Follower. Now look at verse 6. Paul says he's worried as their faith decreased. These trials and things cause them all kinds of problems. Look at verse 6. Here's good news. Paul is a long way away. He's in Corinth, but he loves good news. Here it is. But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and he's brought good news about, notice the two things, circling in your Bible. Your love and your faith. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you. So rather than bringing back bad news that the Thessalonians, their faith has wavered, it's gotten weak, their faith was strong and their love for others was very active. That good news really encouraged Paul. Why? Because these new believers, can I use this term? Got it. They understood. They were maturing in two areas, in faith and in loving other people. Now look at verse 7. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, Paul's talking about his own life. Remember, he had to run from that before he came to Thessalonica. He beaten up, he and Silas and, and Philippi. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of what thing? Your faith. It was standing firm. Look at verse 8. For now we really live since we are standing firm in the 
Lord. Their strong faith challenged and encouraged Timothy. He says, I was concerned about you as a pastor is. That's why I ask you that question. He says, but I heard good things. Your strong faith is growing. Now, here's what I want you to write. What was he understanding? What do you and I understand? Here it is. Growing strong faith comes from a growing personal relationship with God. You can't grow in strength and in your faith if your relationship with God isn't growing. Because that's impossible. It comes from trusting God's word and God. So that quiet time that you have, the quiet time that I have, Why in the world would God wake me up at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. the last two or three days? Well, he's been speaking to my heart. You know, when I go on a mission trip, Linda and I go, it's hard. It's difficult. But God always challenges me when I go because I get away. I don't have 43 phones ringing. I don't have a thousand emails coming in. I just have God. And we're there. And he challenged me. So I want to ask you, how's your faith? Is it growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ? It can't come just from reading the word of God. It has to be that personal relationship. You see, the better we know God, the easier it is to trust him. And that's what faith is. Putting my trust in God, knowing the character of God. We know the character of God, and we know that God honors good, growing faith. Now, Look at verse 7. Therefore, again, you notice, in all our distress, look how it repeats itself. I'm just repeating it for you. I want you to read this together. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged because of your, say it with me, your faith. For now we really live since you are what? Standing firm. What does that mean? What does standing firm mean? It isn't wishy-washy. It doesn't, oh, a big storm came yesterday, we're giving it up. No, not at all. It's there. It's solid. It's solid for them. Now, how do we get faith? Paul knew this. This is why he wanted to go back. Look at this. Let me read it to you. Romans ten seventeen, New King James Version. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So growing strong faith comes from hearing And believing the word of God. Doesn't do any good to hear it and not believe it, not to put it into action. So the more we read, the more we hear, the more we obey the word of God, the more faith we have. It comes from the word of God. But Satan loves to keep Christ followers inconsistent in reading their Bibles and believing the word. Well, that doesn't apply to me. That must be somebody else. Those things, God would never, he hasn't done those things in my life. That's not going to happen. So understand, Satan is the one who hates the word of God because Satan hates faith in God. He knows what's going to happen if people have growing faith. Now, you know what? We read in the parable of the sower that Satan loves to find ways to keep Christ followers too busy with the cares of life. So they come to church on an irregular basis. And when they do that, it's not about an X in your box that I came to church, another 
star on your forehead. Four weeks in a row. Way to go. No, that was when you were a kid in Sunday school. As an adult, if we miss church and we're on an irregular basis, what happens? You miss hearing the Bible taught. Doesn't matter who's teaching, as long as they're teaching the Bible. I'm teaching about 175 pastors and their wives at the conference. We watched 10 young men who just went through two years of Bible school. And we were part of the graduation, Linda and I and, and some of the other pastors. And we were part of that. Those guys are going out and planting churches after two years of Bible college. Off they go. That's called steps of faith. That's exactly. Now, where did they get their faith? They were taught in Bible school the whole deal. They were taught the whole thing from the Bible. Now, as I'm teaching, is your faith growing? Obviously not. I'm serious. Is your faith growing? Why? Well, because I'm a great teacher. (laughs) No, forget that. (laughs) Absolutely not. I have no power to change you. The word of God changes us. So if you don't hear the pastor teaching, is your faith growing? No, it's a missed opportunity. Now, I'm not saying you have to be here every week, but that's exactly what's happening in our world. We're too busy, too many sports, too many things, got things to do, taxes are up. Do them on a different time, get up a little earlier. Be here under the word of God. Listen, little Bible, listen, little faith. Does that make sense to you? Well, of course. It's not gonna grow if there's not Bible. And it's not just being here. It's hearing the word of God taught. So you can understand it and apply it in your life. Now, why does Satan fight our faith in God and his promises? And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Satan doesn't want to please God. And so Satan knows that unbelief, no faith, Blocks God changing lives. And then I'll talk about that second part in a moment. Look at this. Let me read to you Mark 6, 5. This was all this. I've, I've read this in numbers of parts in the New Testament. It's always been a challenge to me. Let me read to you from Mark 6, 5. Jesus ministering. And because of their unbelief in the town, their unbelief in the town, he, Jesus, couldn't do any miracles among them, except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. See, God wanted to do more. Jesus wanted to do more. But there was unbelief. There was no faith. Their opportunity to get healed, changed, saved, went out the window. I don't believe it. You can hear that, Jesus. That that can't be you. There's no way that's going to happen in my life. Now, Look at that second part of that verse. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, look at the two things, that number one, he exists. He exists. Now, how do we believe he exists? I already gave you the question before. Anybody here seen God? No. So how do we believe it? By faith. That's the only way God wants it. That's the way he wants it. And remember Thomas? He said, Thomas, good. Glad you believe. I mean, you see me with my scars. Shouldn't be too difficult to believe. But bless those who 
haven't seen me and believe. The second thing is, you must believe not only that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Well, Pastor Mark, really, coming to church, growing in my faith, having devotionals, nobody perfect, just having it more in a consistent time. Would that really like be good for me? Well, he rewards us. Would you call that good? Yeah. Well, Linda and I got back. When we go on trips like this, we always get back and we just talk the next morning. And we just say, God, thank you for your favor. Getting there, safe, being used by God. By the way, in case you want to know, it's very humbling to be in a nation like that and watch people that really know how to lay their life down for the Lord. I'll tell you more about it later. But they were building a new church, and the people came in, the government came in, the two-story, and they destroyed the second story. Gone. Hundreds of thousands of dollars gone. See, we don't have that issue yet. Yet. Here I am in that building, and I'm thinking, wow, these guys, in spite of this, they're going for it. That's a challenge. So we have to believe he exists. That's not a problem for you. We know that. But he also rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, if I walk by sight, that means I'm walking in doubt and fear. But if I'm walking by faith, it pleases God. And there isn't anybody I'm talking to that doesn't want to please God. Of course we want to please God. And then as we do that, God rewards our faith. Now, look at verse 12. In fact... Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus, will be persecuted. How many of you have that verse underlined and highlighted in your Bible? I'm waiting. Okay, let me ask it another way. How many of you have that in bold print on your refrigerator? Anybody? Is it a true statement? Yes, it is. We don't like that statement. But see, that's given in our world. Look at it again. Let me read it to you. In fact, everyone, 2 Timothy 3.12, who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. See, Paul had already taught that. He taught that to Timothy. He already taught them. Now, here's something that you might be shocked at. I want you to see this next statement. And it doesn't dilute the strength of the first part. Look at this. God doesn't just grow our faith by hearing and obeying his word. He does that. But there's more to it. This is a part you and I may not like, but it's true. God also uses trials, troubles, and difficulties to grow our faith. So, Pastor Mark, I like the first part. I do, too. But the truth is, it's both. And you see it all through the scripture. Paul had already talked. Well, I'm going through a really difficult time, Pastor Mike. There's no way that's growing my faith. That's your problem, not God's. Count it all joy, James, when trouble comes into your life. Because God is growing you in your character, your perseverance, all kinds of things he's growing into it. Now, as you know, we've taught so many years here, you know this, faith is a muscle. It has to be exercised. 
And what exercises it? Trials, troubles, and difficulties. And those kind of things that we all go through, whether it's spiritual, mental, emotional, it doesn't family, relational, it doesn't matter. When we go through those things, we don't have the answer for it. We have to trust God. And that's why our faith grows through all of those things. Faith that isn't exercised is not going to grow. You're not going to grow. You have to allow God to do that. Now, 1 John 5, 4, to me, is an encouragement. For every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this victory through our faith. You may want to write that down so you can look it up later. 1 John 5, 4. For every child of God defeats this evil world. See, it's already a given because God's greater than Satan. And we achieve this victory through our faith. That's why faith is important. That's why coming to church on a regular basis, believing, listening, learning. And that's why our quiet time is important to us, the same exact thing. So here's the next thing I want you to see. I'm going to go through some things. I want you to write them down. I want you to write them down tonight because you're going to see how important these are as we go through. I'll give you five or six. Here we go. Number one, trials build our endurance and faith in God. Faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. I saw somebody this week, I think it was Greg Laurie. I've talked about it before. Trials and difficulties and troubles, it's called God's gymnasium. Many years ago, I had an exercise bike on stage, and I'm working on it like crazy. I have one at home. Well, that's what trials and temptations are. That causes us to exercise our faith. So what do I get from that? What we get from that is that it's just an amazing thing from God that that endurance grows in my life. That's what Paul was concerned about. When these trials were coming, what's going to happen to them? Are they going to throw it in and give it up? No, that's not going to happen. Now, we have faith that God can and will deliver us from every temptation. Now, watch this. So endurance comes. You just wrote down trials, build our endurance and faith. Write down 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Let me read it to you. The temptations in your life are no different than from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Trials build our endurance and faith in God. I can endure. He will deliver us from every temptation. Paul knew, as I said, as he's writing, because he hadn't heard back from Timothy yet, he's thinking in his mind, we've heard the term, maybe they just threw the towel in. They're done. It was easier before I was a Christian because I didn't have this kind of persecution. But no, they were trusting God's promise right in the middle of persecution and trouble. Number two, trials enable us to comfort and encourage others in their faith. You can write down 2 Corinthians 1.4. I'll read it to you. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Now, we're all a little selfish. And if I was writing that verse or that principle, I'd say, God, there's got to be another way 
to me to help other people without me having to go through it first. But no, that's not the way it works. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. You see, our Christian walk isn't about us. It's about the family of God. Why do we have grief share? If you know what grief share is, it's when somebody loses a loved one. Child, spouse, relative, friend, whatever. Why would they want to go through grief share? Because the people that are teaching grief share have already gotten over that because of God's help and comfort. And they can say, I've been there, done that, felt that way. Here we go. Why do we have divorce care here? See, if you just experienced divorce for the first time in your life, you don't really know where to go. So we have people that have already been through it, and God's brought them through. Why do we have divorce care for children? 25, 30 years ago, I'd never be saying any of this, but that's our world. Now, why do we have it for children? Because you know what happens in a divorce? Very often, the child thinks they're responsible. So much so that sometimes they just walk away as a child. They never get over it. So, again, that's a blessing for us to be able to go to people and say, been there, done that. Let's get together and pray. I can help you. Now, is that going to cost you time? Yes, but that's all right. We're supposed to love one another, and that's the way you do it. So understand that to comfort and encourage people is a thing from God. Now, third, trials enable us to take steps of faith in spreading the gospel. You can write Acts chapter 4, 29. You would think exactly the opposite. Man, I'd like to spread the gospel, but I don't want to have trials about this. Come on, let's just see what happens. Well, what did I just tell you in India? In New Delhi, where the Harvest Mission is, Calvary Chapel, Harvest Mission. As I said, they had a two-story building. Bottom was going to be the offices, the top of the church. Now there's no, people came in, just destroyed the whole top thing. And now they're going to have to sell the land, try to find someplace else, raise money again, move to a new place. Well, when you see all of that happening, what did we just see up here? Well, look at what I just said to you. It helps us spread the gospel. How could that help spread the gospel? You know what's happening in China. They're closing churches everywhere. How can that spread the gospel? Well, let me read to you. After Peter and John were put in prison and they were told by the religious leaders, don't ever talk about Jesus. Did it stop them? No, let me read it to you. Now, Lord, here was their prayer. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Wow. By the way, that's exactly what's happening in India. When I was there with them and talking to the leadership and understood what just happened to their plans for the church, they weren't like moaning and groaning. They're just saying, God's going to get us through it. Now, that's faith. They're not stopping. That graduation, sending those nine or ten kids, head right out out to share the gospel. Paul, he knew what he was talking about. So did Peter and John. They knew. In today's message, Pastor Mark shared what the motivation and thinking of a pastor is. Using the Apostle Paul and his care and concern for the Thessalonians, you were able to get a glimpse of how pastors think. Pastor Mark also talked about your faith and how you need to cultivate and grow it. 
you learn that the growth of your faith is totally dependent on your closeness to God. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching, Growing Faith in God's Plan for Every Christ Follower. You'll be reminded that temptations happen to everyone, Christian or not. You'll also be told that if you want to live for Jesus like the Thessalonians did, that you should expect to experience persecution. You'll also learn how God helps those who are going through hard times for following Him. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue this series called Live Here Now, Then Live There Forever. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.